Welcome to Two Gins In, the podcast for renovators who want to stay in control and not want to screw up on their investment. We're all about keeping your dream alive through careful planning and taking the right action towards the success of your renovation or new build project. We're both qualified interior and building designers that take our craft seriously, but more importantly, not ourselves. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Karen, and we're excited to have you join us this Friday afternoon for our Renovators Delight, where we take you behind the scenes of the design and construction world. We'll be chatting with industry experts, sharing your, our own knowledge and experience. We'll set you up with valuable tools and handy tips to relieve your anxiety, reduce the overwhelm, and ultimately help you to make informed decisions throughout the renovation journey. So why two gins in, Karen? Well, Helen, why not? After all, it is Friday afternoon. And what better way to end the work week than with a couple of gins or cocktails to celebrate the week ahead and head into another weekend. Welcome to this Friday's edition of our podcast. If you've been following us, you might remember our episode on passive houses. Before we embarked on this podcasting adventure, we used to host weekly lives on Facebook every Monday. These sessions were called Conversation with the Designers, where we had the privilege of interviewing industry experts. Now on our podcast, we're continuing the same concept. In fact, during our trip down memory lane, we stumbled upon interviews that are well worth the share. In this episode, get ready to explore the world of Feng Shui and its profound impact on interior design. In recent years, we've had a few clients who insisted on incorporating the principles of Feng Shui into our designs. Naturally, we love a design challenge, so we delved into our own research and sought advice from an expert in the field. Our guest expert today is Marina Umali, a distinguished designer based in New York City, specialising in the art of Feng Shui. As designers, we're always striving to create spaces that are not only functional and aesthetically pleasing, but also promote a sense of well-being. Understanding Feng Shui adds an extra dimension to our work. During our conversation with Marina, she shares her profound knowledge of Feng Shui and how to integrate its five elements, wood, fire, earth, metal and water, into our homes to cultivate positive energy and enhance our overall well-being. We delve into various aspects such as the commanding position, vertical elements, clutter-free spaces, removing obstacles, incorporating plants, utilising colour to enhance moods and the significance of metal. So join Helen and I now on this enlightening journey as we delve into the fundamentals of Feng Shui and discover its potential to transform your living spaces. Good morning everybody. Brand new week here in mm-hmm. Sydney, Australia, and today on Conversations with the Designers, we have Marina joining us. So Marina, good morning, Marina, good morning, or good evening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> you guys are like in the future. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so actually, yes, it's New York Sunday night over there, mm. so it's 7 p.m. there. So Marina is joining us today. Marina is a, an award-winning interior designer that's best, um specialises in feng shui and wellness design. Marina designs um, in the New York area, uh, in Manhattan and the surrounding New York boroughs. Um, So, Marina, welcome today and thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Marina, and your business over there in New York. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I 
so happy to be a guest on your show. Um, I'm an interior designer. I've been working on my own since 2009. And I've been doing, I incorporated, started incorporating feng shui into my designs and doing consultations about 10 years ago. So I've been doing it for almost a decade. And um, some clients call me just to do a feng shui consultation. Uh, and uh, some call me for interior design, where I now have can't help but integrate feng shui into my interior design projects. That's so, right. Marina, you're you're a certified um, interior designer and feng shui practitioner. Yeah, so, I'm New York State. Yeah, um, got the license in 2011. So yeah, about 10 years ago, I should celebrate. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a big thing, and just. Looking over all the, um, looking at your website and reading a little bit more about it, and also um, Karen and I have had a couple of clients that have yeah. specifically got a feng shui practitioner to come in and overlook our designs and and guide us, I guess, into how we um, lay out the design and what kind of colours to use and and what things to place where. And it is really, really interesting. And it, I said to Karen this morning, I'm so excited about this. I want to go and do a course yeah. <laughs> and be certified myself so, so yeah. that I can incorporate it in, in all aspects of design, not just for the clients that, that want it and mm -hmm. ask for it, but just sneak it in there. Um, right. Well, that's how I kind of started. I didn't go in thinking I was going to be a feng shui practitioner. You know, I was doing interior design and I was happy doing that. Uh, yeah. I wasn't looking for anything else. I kind of went to study just out of my own curiosity. I'd always been curious about it and just reading about it. But um, as many have told me, once you start reading about it, it gets a little confusing. So I just kind of went to study just because I'm always like, you know, like a lifelong learner. I always want to learn something new. And yeah. it was just like one of my bucket list things, you know, to learn it. Um, and then I just, I fell in love with it. And then just, you know, people started calling me for consultations and, started doing it and then just I, I just kind of fell into it and fell in love with it. That's great. So do you want to give us a little bit of an overview of for the people that don't I mean a lot of people know the term but I don't think people really fully understand. Fully understand. So do you want to just give us a little bit of an overview of what feng shui is? Yeah I'll try. You know it's so hard to explain what yeah. it is. Yeah people are afraid of it when they hear the you know the name of it. I was thinking how do I explain it? But it, it's basically about the energy, the the flow in our space, right? Our our environment. And I, I would say it's almost like acupuncture for the home. You know, I was trying to think of like what's the easiest way to understand it. But it really is like going into specific spots of the home and making those changes. And right. those changes in our environment, in our home, uh, kind of, you know, reflect our lives. So they, you start seeing changes in your life just by making those changes in your environment. Yeah. So that's like the simplified explanation of it. But it's like, an, you know, it's an ancient Chinese philosophy dating like so many thousands of years old. Um, and there's different schools of feng shui as well. So um, there's different practitioners and just there's just so much out there. I'm like still learning myself. It's just there's right. so much information. And so, I guess that that's a really good analogy yeah. because while they, I mean, you mentioned that there's different ways of practicing feng shui, which I wasn't really aware of. Um, and I guess, you know, with, as with acupuncture, there's different forms of acupuncture as well. True. that and different ways of manipulating and, and, and changing that energy flow. And it's a little bit like initially when we were first asked to work with a um, shui practitioner, and our initial thoughts were, oh, that's really going to restrict yeah, and impact it. 
what we do and how we, because there were certain colours that we had to use and certain materials, but what they explained to us is it doesn't have to be, say, if grey is grey or red is red, it can be tonal, it can be different, um, so long as it has that red in it, it can. It doesn't have to be. Right. I, I don't think it's like restricts you, and I, I feel like it almost guides you, it makes it even easier. It's almost like, you know, when you have too many options, like when a client has too many options, they can't choose, they get so overwhelmed because yes. there's just like, you know, millions and millions of like, let's say, fabrics out there. But when you have like, it's like a guide, right? So it actually helps you, I think, make the selection. So I feel like, yeah, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you didn't feel like it was restricting you because no. it's just, yeah. Yeah, and, and you're right, it does give you that guidance. And and going back to, you know, saying that it's like, you know, acupuncture for your home, as designers, and you would you would experience this as well, the first thing you do is you get the information from the client, you gather a brief, you, you get, you understand the client, you get to know them, you understand how they function on a day-to-day -day basis. And then I guess we manipulate the physical space to... Um, work and flow and function in a practical way that suits their lifestyle and their needs. And within that space, you've got specific areas like your kitchens and your bathrooms and your living room areas that have specific tasks that are carried out in there. And we manipulate those spaces, I guess, so they complement one another and they all flow on to one another and one into how one space interacts with the next space and that as designers that's what we do don't we we create it's almost like i always say like good design is almost good feng shui when there's like bad design and you're like walking through something and you're like you hit the furniture or you like you know don't know where you're like you know where you're going into or like it's kind of like a scary moment or you bump into like doors like that's like you know bad feng shui right like creates uneasiness doesn't yeah. it and it, yeah you so might it's really it's really about good design and it's all about, about the flow so if we you know like i love space planning and you know studied mm. space planning like we all did and it's all about like really the flow of that you know it's good successful space planning for the home um yes. that's basically it's like so simple but a lot of it is common sense it's just like having a good not having like a crazy maze maybe you know like having where like you know a client in their home is like comfortable and moves throughout the space you know like you said there's the, you know the functional aspect of it and you guys are doing a new build um starting from scratch yes. Yeah, it is. oh no, sorry, it's actually a, uh, a renovation. So, a pretty major renovation. We pulled the place apart. So, we're very mindful of where we enter because we are moving the doorway and then the flow through to, you know, the living spaces and, and, and the bedrooms as such. So, once the floor plan has been finalised, which it has recently, so then that'll be submitted to the feng shui expert and she'll run her eye of that. And yeah, and I, I'm certain, I don't know who it is, but I'm certain it's going to be fantastic with you guys and that person because it's like three sets of eyes, like looking at it. I often work with architects and they do send me the floor plans for me to review and then just make certain changes because sometimes staring at the floor plan for a while, like we kind of lose track of like, you just don't see stuff. So that, you know, we're able, like the practitioner will be able to catch certain moments, maybe like where the doors are maybe not into each other or like something's not working well that maybe not that you guys don't know but like you're just looking at it for so long that you might not even see exactly. right you, yeah. you can't have enough expert eyes when you are doing a major renovation or yeah. a new build so it's and, good to have those professionals bring them in and make sure before construction or even before the, the plans go out to tender that everything's in the right order and has that right flow yeah, and it's great that they're like the client is willing to do this and it's good like you guys are doing it now rather than yeah. later because you know 
I do go into homes that are, of course, like there's not much we can do. Like they're not going to do a renovation maybe, but yes. it's a great way to do it at this point because you can do like all those changes and make it flow better. Exactly. Absolutely. So we do that amongst ourselves anyway, having that second set of eyes. Like you said, you know, you're so focused on the project at hand that you're dealing with the space and sometimes you're too close to it. You yes. need that. Right. Person, and I'll call on Karen and she'll call on me and we'll look at it and we'll see straight away, okay, this Where isn't quite right. Oh, what did I think of that? But you're so focused. Um, to have that is really good. The point you just made earlier about um, talking about thinking about it before we actually start the project. So you, you're sorting everything out and getting everything lined up and, and working in, a, in that best possible way. This brings me to a question I want to ask you. So if you're um, renovating an existing home, um, as designers, we all work within the confines of the shape of the space, the space, the budget of the client, um, any regulation or restrictions that council are placing on that particular renovation. But with feng shui, there may be elements in the home where that, that aren't, uh, what's the word, that don't or that impede the energy, I guess, or stop that energy flow that is not um, conducive to feng shui and the flow of that. So, for example, a staircase or a position of a bathroom, they're expensive things to things to, You can't just demolish them and relocate well, them. Well, you might not have the budget to do yes, so. Yes, so there's... No, I completely understand, yeah. If you were to go in and, 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 and wanted to add some kind of feng shui um, energy or philosophy to that design and there is an element that is quite a strong element that is impeding you know you your ability to to create that space to the best outcome I guess I'm probably talking in tongues here because <laughs> yeah, I'm trying no, but I know what you mean like what do you do then right like yeah, what is, do you there, do? Yeah. is there one, the one thing is there one do? thing or are there things that we can do that will counteract that right okay. because sometimes the bathroom is not in the ideal location and we all have i mean we're all not building from scratch or even when you're building from scratch there are a million things that go into like building you know a new build there we're you know it's not perfect right like there we're not in control of it so yeah i think like not to panic is number one <laughs> but right like um the best thing to do is like we can like you said, like maybe the colors, right? Like if you, you know, they were guiding you into using you know, grays, blues, there's certain um, colors you can use that will kind of enhance it rather than, you know, do like this disadvantage, you know, right? So if it's in a location where it's not ideal, um, we'll always recommend maybe, you know, painting it a certain color, um, certain finishes, like certain tile, right? Like maybe I'll recommend like an earthy, earthy tiles versus like maybe a white you know stark white tile so it depends so like it's still okay we can still adjust to it right it's just like you would just adjust accordingly like depending on the location or where that bathroom or kitchen or whatever it might be you just you know work around it maybe like the way you know the type of furniture you're placing there like you know is it a lot of glass is it you know a lot of maybe more wood so like you can play around with like the materials Okay, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, that's so you, there's always ways to implement some of the principles, yeah. regardless of, like if you're working within 
confinements of the existing set. Yeah, and that's like all through design as well. So that's why like I couldn't, you know, you just start integrating it like with interior design because it is all about uh, choosing, you know, like colors, fabrics, finishes, like, uh, you know, they, some of it is warm, some of it is cold, some of it like, you know, and it's all like symbolic, like, you know, a certain color represents something else or a mirror could represent water. So you'd maybe hang like a large mirror or there's like, there's so much you can do. It's like very flexible. So I'm not like very rigid with it. Like, you know, and we're not, we're not doing like the same thing to for each client so it's very like adjustable and like you just adjust it to each space mm, that's yeah, good great. and i guess you know to go back to your analogy it's like you know acupuncture for the home yeah um there's what was it saying? if i've gone blank now so you've got your feng shui for your home um basically it, from what you're saying, it's kind of like a science-based. Um, it is. It's called like an art. It's an art and science, which I love. Like, right? It's like an art and a science. That's yeah. what it's really called. So yeah. it, it's like, yeah, it's very playful, I guess. But there's obviously like a lot of theory behind it as well. And yeah, um, yeah. And like for like um, acupuncture as well, there are certain aspects of that that creates um, the you know is healing to the to the person that's receiving it. The yeah. same thing to the home so it's kind of almost in between the woo woo and the scientific yeah uh, and it's like it's also and with the like it gets back to the acupuncture like it's also like a lot of times like there's like stagnation or like like stagnant points and like we all feel it and like when we go into like a certain place it feels like a little icky or dark or like right there's yeah. like that like the energy is not like good right so it's almost like the acupuncture then you have to fix it up <laughs> and then release it right and like make it all like have good energy good energy and good flow um so yeah so yeah it's almost like similar and it is like a lot of people are afraid of it because they're like it's so woo woo but there's different schools of feng shui and also like i kind of bring it like you know i wasn't born in china i'm not like it's not like i was you know like uh, Chinese and I'm not bringing like all these Chinese elements and some people do but it's, some people are afraid you're going to start like hanging all these like red items or like all these yes, Chinese yes, yes. symbols but again I guess you know it depends it's fine to do that too but it's like depends where we all are right like we're in you know northeast like yes. there's you know there's certain like look like you're not going to do here and like the way I do it is like I call it like a common sense approach and that's why I like it and everybody chooses their own practitioner like right there, there's just so many of us so you choose whoever you're going to vibe with, right? And everybody does it on a certain level. Some are a little more woo-woo than others, right? Like, I like mm -hmm. the little bit of woo-woo, but, like, not too much. And there's, like, there's different schools of feng shui. Um, there's, like, cures, what we call cures. And it's a little woo-woo, so you do, like, almost like a cure, like a little, <laughs> I guess, a little brew of, like, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, like, you know. Uh, but it's, yeah, it depends. Like, you don't have to go that at that level right so depending on my client like some will give a cure to like they're comfortable like playing around and trying it and again it's all about like that intention and that belief right so if you think it's woo woo and somebody gives it to you you're not when you do it like the effect is not going to be the same as somebody who believes in it like i think a lot of it like you really have to have that intention to make that change and to do it so like the woo level i guess goes up and down there is a little bit of it but you can also go without it completely it is really a lot of it is so common sense it's really like because that's what i like blew me away because a lot of it is like we see it and that's why i fell in love with it i saw it i'm like oh my god it's just like it just like it's right there like you could see it and when i walk through like my client's home and i point things out you know they they get it like 
instant like that like right away it's like crazy you see it in their face they're like they're like get it and it's nothing crazy it's just like it's a different way of looking at things so yeah it's, it's just amazing as you say as designers you know once we're space planning we're implementing some of those principles from the get-go so it's just that flow and energy and making sure that is happening in the right way yeah, yeah we, we do it yeah by default as interior designers yeah, and definitely i mean we've all been like in offices or doctor's offices where like or like you get up and you hit like a coffee table that's already like bad design by feng shui right like you're like you shouldn't be hitting that coffee table right so it's all about like yeah and it's already you feel you know the space is like you know you're not happy there right so it's like yeah. about the furniture arrangement you know a lot of it is like you know just right how it looks how it feels exactly it's yeah. like when when karen and i are starting a new project or or we're you know getting bogged down with something you know sometimes we'll just clean out the office like clear the desk yeah go on a little bit of a, a cleaning yeah. freak and sorting things and it's it's almost Easy. like you're clearing the clutter in in your head you know when you're feeling a bit overwhelmed and there are so many things going okay let's just clear the space and refocus and i guess you guys are on top of it already right like a big thing in in what we do is like the clutter right because mm -hmm. sometimes uh, you know we go we could all use decluttering every now and then but yeah a lot of spaces right they are that dark and musty and uh dusty right <laughs> because it's like all this stuff is just sitting there and right like it's just that that's where that energy is just sitting and not um helping well, you out right yeah yeah now, Marina, there's another topic I'd like to we'd like to talk to you about. So you're a wellness designer as well, which is not a big term. You well, it is, you, but not to the great length of what I've been doing a little bit of research and listening in on Clubhouse, and that's where we met. Um, I know it's um, quite a big thing in America, and I have heard a few of the UK designers talking about it. So, do you want to let us know what wellness design is? Yeah, you know, it's like I was surprised that you mentioned that it's not, you know, so talked about down yeah. there. And I'm ready to fly over and share. We'd love to see you face to face. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all about, you know, like I've been like talking about it for so long and trying to implement it for so long in so many ways that it's like also something so hard to like you know, uh, explain so quickly, right? But it's really about like the mental and physical, I think, well-being of the occupants of a space. So okay. it's really about like, it's like definitely physical and mental as well, right? And um, I'm part of like this amazing uh, wellness group on Facebook where all the designers, um, it's called Wellness Designed, I think, um we all everybody's like on the same page everybody cares about it everybody's uh talking about it and it's really trying to create a space where i guess everybody you know the occupants feel well right they're, they're uh, it's a healthy space i think that's like the simplest way i can describe it in the short amount of time um and we've been reading we actually clubhouse is great like uh, we've been uh, doing like a weekly um the founders of that group we've been doing like this book club kind of thing so i have it here um we just finished it this friday uh it's called healing spaces oh, so wow. it's, yeah it's called the science of place and well-being so i just brought it near me so i could share it so if anybody wants to i, yes. I cannot get this whole camera thing <laughs> but anyway it's like a, it's a, download it. there's a link to the book we'll add that to 
Yeah, we just finished reading it like as a group together and whoever wanted to chat, like we just discussed like a couple of chapters each week, which was, it was great. Uh, it's not like a new book, but like it's stuff that's still kind of, you know, people are not aware of, right? It's really creating spaces that are, you know, where we feel good, right? Um, so I, I think wellness for me, there is so many things. It's about, you know, the products we use, right? Trying to use like the non-toxic uh, products. Um, that's like a big section I could talk about for hours but you know and i'm also uh, a few years ago i did a course on vegan design and you know that was something that i cared about prior to that course but i did it just you know kind of just to say i did it right and just to learn more but it was something that i always cared about anyway um so you know for me like vegan design is also about like wellness um there's just so many things that go into it but again i'm not saying everybody should do that uh but just something that i care about um yeah just when i you know specify products like when i specify you know furniture uh, whenever i source you know i try to I, you know, it's it's hard, right? It's like you said, even though people are talking about it, and I feel like everybody's talking about it, it's like that small group of us, right? It's a small yeah. percentage. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. and, yeah. Is it and materials, materials, and is, is that what the group discusses? Do you look at, you know, where things are produced and how? We do. We try, and everybody's always seeking, like, the best, you know, that we can do for our clients, something that, you know, because just so that the air quality remains, you know, good. And because everything we bring into the home, you know, from wallpaper to carpets to, I mean, there's so much, right? We we have yes. such a big, you know, it's a big um, job on our hands, right? To try to specify yeah. healthy. Um, and then back in December, I took the well AP exam. That's also like all about, you know, the occupant's health. So learning about, um, again, air, water, just everything. Just, it's all about like, you know, having the best, you know, doing the best we can do for occupants who are like, let's say working in a building, just, you know, so they have the light. Uh, there's, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. Just so, you know. Interesting. Well, one, one thing that I learned from a friend of ours, who's a horticulturist, there was all that, that everybody had plastic fake plants yeah. for years and years and years in, you know, office blocks because, you know, nobody could bother to maintain, and, maintain the real yeah. plants. And then our horticulturist friend, Karen Smith, said to us, do you know how toxic those plants are? Because those plastics are emitting all these toxins into the air. And another thing that she highlighted, um, kids' toys as well. There's so many plastic toys out there. And then you have these, you know, little nursery areas that are filled with these toys and that baby's in there breathing those toxins in. So it was really interesting. It's true. It's like actually heartbreaking. I feel like uh, with the kids stuff, it's even more so, right? Like it's 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 amazing. Like it, it is all plastic, you know, most of the time. I mean, you know, but it's it's amazing how much it's it's just all the new stuff. All it's like you know, I I I'm like very sensitive to it. So and I, but people don't even feel it, and you know, it goes down to like products, like cleaning products and all that, and you know, and with the plastic, it's like a big pet peeve I think of feng shui practitioners, like the whole plastic plants. So yeah. fall plants are like not uh, recommended. Uh, it's very frowned upon. So like when I see clients with them, they they're like afraid to show me. But I've been to homes where there's like just you know fall plants galore you know with full dust on it again it depends maybe you can do one you know it it depends i guess how much you right it's all about balance right but you know i'm sure i've been to homes where it's just like they're everywhere and they're dusty and they're just been sitting there for 30 years yes. um, that's when it gets a little complicated right because they are they the air they're you know the dust is collecting and uh yeah 
So and you don't realize how how much it's affecting you because I guess you get accustomed to that, and you you know you might wake up every day with a bit of a you know stuffed up nose and then sneezing and what have you, um, but you just think it's part of. You, know, you, you, you think, oh, just I'm an allergy person and, you know, when you deal with it, you don't really, most people don't really go look for the source of the problem yeah. and try to get themselves better or change their environment or do things differently to improve on that. A lot of us just accept it and it, it really shouldn't be just accepted. No, it's true. I've been, you know, like I've had this uh, conversation with like family and like they're like, well, that's how it is. And that's when I get really upset. Just, <laughs> it like it just, I get like, you know, I start, I like, yeah, that's it. Don't get, it's like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I'm like, no, like it's it can't, like if nobody's saying anything, you just like take it as a fact. Like, it, no, it's like it can't be, right? Because people are just like, oh, well, that's how it is. And like, you know, so if we're all like, Go with environment and climate change. We all need to be accountable and make the changes. So if we all make a change, then you know we're working towards you know that greater goal of you know change to the environment, a positive yeah. change. So I think we're getting there slowly. Yeah. Slowly, people are becoming a little bit more aware, and and I guess too with this whole COVID thing, um, you know, people are becoming more aware of their homes and the interior of their homes and how they function. On a day to day, oh, definitely. Yeah, they they've started yeah. spending more time there. Yes, right. So it's it's you know with every terrible negative thing, there usually comes something good out of it, and hopefully, true. hopefully this will sort of turn a few people's um, change their way of thinking into you know being a bit more positive and a bit more. Um, environmentally friendly a bit more considerate yeah. I think it's like one thing at a time because like we were talking about it on that with that the group um I think was it Friday yeah it's like people get overwhelmed and they don't know where to start so they just don't do it yes. um even as designers like some get like you know oh you want to you know incorporate more wellness into the designs but it's just like stressful because like what are you going to do and like each product also has its ups and downs like we're chatting about like with another vegan designer she was saying well sometimes i you know i can specify leather because it's better maybe like than like the plastic that's also going to be in the you know in the landfill so it, you know like there's like all these pros and cons i guess you just gotta weigh and see like do your best right like there's like a negative to each like it's hard to like you know especially if we're all specifying new products right like something you know, like in the factory making it as, you know, off gas. I mean, there's just so much, so much that goes into it. So just like Very do, do what you can. Just yeah, like, exactly. Just make a yeah. conscious decision to go down with a, a better choice, but then just be mindful that it's not going to be, nothing's yeah. perfect. Nothing's yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. you, you've got to look at the creating a healthier product. What are the consequences leading up to creating that product? Um, like you said, there are so many aspects of it that we really need to consider and to be mindful of, and you're right, it is very overwhelming. And the average person that's got, you know, their job, their family, they've got other things they need to focus yeah. on, rightly so. So I guess it's up to people that are in the industry to guide, to, them. To guide them and to look for solutions and, and offer that to them and then let the clients make up their own mind as to how far they want to go with, you know, and exactly. how serious they, you know, are about it. So, yeah. That's um, very, very interesting. Yes, it is. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Marina. Oh, you're welcome. Sunday evening. Yeah, we really appreciate <laughs> you taking your downtime. Um, yeah. Time yeah, is very it's actually a beautiful day today. It's been really nice and warm, but no, I'm happy to join you guys. Yeah, so very happy to have you on and really do appreciate your time. And it's been no a very problem. Good
always here for you guys if you have any more questions and yeah yeah all right take well, have care. a great evening and thank you again and enjoy that beautiful weather thank you <laughs> bye, bye. Thanks for joining us on the Two Gins in Design podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and insights on the world of design and construction. We look forward to our next episode with more design inspiration, tips from the experts, and a behind-the-scenes look at our latest projects. If you want more design information or simply want to check out our portfolio of projects, visit our website at mcraeandlynch.com.au and our Instagram, McRae and Lynch Designs. And feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels if you have any comments, questions, or even topics you'd like us to discuss. And please, don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to share it with your friends and family. We look forward to catching up with you on our next episode. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Cheers.